Saturdays, Southerners know three things. Barbecue, bourbon, and betting on big-time college football. From point spreads to parlays, money line dogs to backdoor covers, we'll let you know who's winning this weekend and by how much. It's the Betting on Ball Games podcast with Corey Betts. All right, all right, all right. Coming to you live from the hills of Arkansas. You're listening to the Betting on Ball Games podcast. And tonight it's a special edition. We're going coast to SEC coast. I'm here in Arkansas, but joining me from the Palmetto State, Big Fred, calling in from South Carolina. Big Fred, how's your Saturday night? Man, Saturday night doesn't disappoint down here in the low country. It's uh, it's been a day, man. It started a little late though. Last night went pretty late, you know. So, but so, Big Fred, how was the the pool scene while you were while you were kicking back watching the Georgia Bulldogs pull out a close victory against South Carolina? Man, the pool scene was always good, but a little bit on the low side today. You know, the weather was nice, but I'll tell you what, man, the girls were still looking good. <laughs> That's all that matters. Well, talking about looking good, we'll get started with the 11 o'clock game, at least 11 o'clock Central, my time, noon, your time on ESPN. LSU looked fantastic today. So LSU gets the win at Mississippi State, 41-14. The game closed Louisiana State, minus nine and a half, total of 54. Mississippi State with a late touchdown pushed the game over, but LSU goes gate to wire. This this was never a game. I'm pretty sure, uh, I think LSU was up 24-7 at halftime. Quarterback Jaden Daniels for LSU set a school record for completion percentage. He had 88% completion on 25, or uh, excuse me, for any LSU quarterback to ever go over 25 attempts. He finished 30 of 34 for 361 and two touchdowns. Uh, Neighbors, the star wide receiver for LSU, had both of those touchdown receptions. He ended up with 13 catches for 239 yards. LSU's defense finished with four sacks, seven tackles for loss. Mississippi State breaking in a new offense, transitioning away from the air raid under Mike Leach, running a new pro-style offense, only 10 first downs. Still trying to figure it out. And the only negative thing we can say about LSU is that Jaden Daniels is still their leading rusher. They're going to have to find a running back back there under that Brian Kelly offense. Somebody's going to have to start running the ball and take the load off of uh, Jaden Daniels. But, Fred, what do you think about LSU's rebound win after getting embarrassed by Florida State? Does LSU team look competitive? It's what I would expect. I'm really not surprised. I mean, LSU is always pretty awesome they've been uh they've been the strongest in the west for a long time so i don't know man it's just kind of like what i would expect and it sounds like the mississippi state offensive line had a problem i think you said four sacks that's right can't, can't let that happen man so next week mississippi state travels to south carolina or is anybody in in south carolina chirping or talking about the bulldogs coming to town or is this kind of a non-event um, you know, I can't say I've heard a lot of chatter around here. It's not too many diehard football fans around here, but, uh, you know, this is definitely Gamecock country and, um, I'm sure that, that, that the Bulldogs were, uh, hot on people's minds, but yeah, man, I mean, South Carolina. So on that game, South Carolina just really impressed me in the first half, you know, they were fired up and then Georgia. I mean, I think Georgia got pissed off at halftime. Came out and just, especially the offensive line, they just started kicking ass. 
That was nice. Well, to let's, see. let's get into that game. So South Carolina at Georgia. Georgia closed a twenty-six point favorite. Money did come in on South Carolina as the game did open twenty-eight. Total closed at fifty-four. Georgia shut out South Carolina in the second half to get the 24-14 win. They were down 14-3. Carson Beck, 27-35 for 269. No picks, but also no touchdowns. And Dewan Edwards for the Bulldogs, 20 carries, 118 yards, and a touchdown. Fred, it seems like Georgia is sleepwalking through the regular season. Do you think that's a fair assessment, or do you feel like Georgia's locked in and focused? They got these puff games to open up the season. You know, they already have their egos pop, puffed up enough being number one. I mean, I'm a Georgia fan, as you know. Um, I'm still, like, coming out of the mentality that I was in for a long time that Georgia fans were in. We that we were choke artists. I mean, we had the best recruiting class every year, and then we got, like, two losses through halfway through the season. Or we make it all the way, and then we choke at the last game. I'm still living in that kind of mindset. I know we've won the championship the last two years, but it just seems like it's almost too good to be true. So I'm constantly on guard and not yet expecting Georgia's going to win these things. But, man, I, I'm just not a fan of these puff games. I think that they, they probably, you know, shouldn't do that. But, yeah, I mean, I'm just glad they came out and kicked ass the second half. It showed that they actually cared to me, that they were like, this is we're, – we're, we're sucking, man. We got to start kicking some ass. Speaking of puff games, Georgia hosts Alabama-Birmingham next week before they get back into SEC play with Auburn. What do you think uh, Coach Smart does? I mean, these guys got to start figuring something out offensively. They didn't really threaten uh, South Carolina vertically. Obviously ran the ball well, but it seems like they're still vanilla on offense. When do you think they start opening this thing up? Man, you guess as good as mine, dude. You know, like um, if I was if I was a coach, you know, I'd probably be uh, not too happy with the players, even though they won, even though they came out in the second half. You know, I'd probably be focusing on we we got to play all four quarters. You know, I mean, it's great that we came back in the second half. That's all great. Still, we're still number one, cool, but we cannot, you know, take a half off. And um, you know, that's I think that's the way I would approach it. Staying in the SEC East, Missouri. Big upset win today. The kicker, Harrison Mevis, with a 61-yarder, the longest in SEC history. Missouri wins at 30-27. to Missouri deserved the win. They had more yards per play, more first downs than Kansas State, but they really struggled with scoring opportunities, which made this a lot closer game than what it should have been. Brady Cook, quarterback Missouri, played hurt. Quieted the haters down, 23-35 for 356 and two touchdowns. His 10 yards per pass attempt was solid against Kansas State defense that shut down weaker opponents, which is why Kansas State came into the game ranked 15th. Fred, how do you think Missouri looks in the SEC East, and could this team potentially threaten Georgia or at least finish uh, second place ahead of Florida and Tennessee? Boy, I mean, it's a, it's a far stretch to think they're going to be competitive with the top SEC teams, you know, um, I'm glad to see a SEC team beating a non-SEC team every time. You know, it's funny to listen to, you know, when I was out in Colorado, it was funny to listen to people talk about, you know, the football out there and, you know, right. just like, you just like, man, you don't even know. But um, yeah, that, uh, that kicker uh, from Missouri had a better day than the kicker for Georgia. That's for sure. I think he had, <laughs> I think he had what, two missed field goals. 
The Georgia kicker, yeah, he did. Mm-hmm. Yep. So talking about disappointments, Alabama, a 17-3 to win in Tampa. This game was at South Florida today. Alabama closed a 31-point favorite but never played like it. They punched in a late touchdown with 30 seconds left to go to make the score look better than what it was. Fred, does Nick Staben still have it, or is he washed up? Boy, God, dude. Like, I just can imagine what Nick Saban must be going through from an uh, ego standpoint. You know, I know he's like, you know, um, all business and stuff, but you know over the years he's gotten used to a level of excellence, and obviously they just don't have it right now. Um, which is, I don't know, man. I, if I was an Alabama fan, I'd be like, what's going on, Coach Saban? Why do we have such a crappy quarterback? You know? Right. I mean, um, but uh, I, I've been to the Alabama Stadium. I went to the Iron Bowl one time with uh, when Auburn played them. I know it's like a just an electric, awesome football environment. You know, Alabama's always going to be good, I think. But, um, yeah, man, I, it's just kind of – Kind of weird to see him struggling. Alabama did play both the Notre Dame transfer quarterback and the other backup. Nobody looks like they want the quarterback position. Nobody's being aggressive or competing for it. Surely Jalen Milrow gets the start next week as Alabama hosts Ole Miss in the 230 CBS kickoff game next week in week four. I got to think Alabama is still a favorite, but right now, as we're talking live, Ole Miss has gone up 24 to 3 on Georgia Tech. Do you think Lane Kiffin can get the upset in Tuscaloosa next week as Alabama looks like they can't move the ball? They're offensively challenged, and if Ole Miss can get anything going with quarterback Jackson Dart, or God forbid they have a special teams big play or a defensive big play. If Ole Miss can build any kind of lead next week, can Alabama get in the game considering they don't have a quarterback? Boy, Ole Miss is going to have to go the distance. That's for sure. I'd love to see it. I think it'd be awesome. I love rooting for an underdog when I'm kind of indifferent on the teams. Um, that that would be really neat to see. But yeah, Alabama. I mean, even though you know they're struggling compared to where they've been, they're they're starting from a very high bar. So their version of struggling is actually pretty awesome still. So. Um, Ole Miss don't have to bring it, and I bet they will. In these late games, while we were recording live, Florida is up 29-10 late in the fourth quarter. Tennessee does have the ball, but it looks like Florida is going to get the money line win, and they're going to cover the five points. Fred, does the largest outdoor cocktail party with Florida, does that scare you at all, or do you think that this Georgia team is still going to just roll all over Florida and maybe Florida is going to look or revert back to the team we saw uh, when they played Utah in week one and just got totally steamrolled. You can never discount Florida. I don't care if they are like, oh, and whatever when they play Georgia. They have just been our nemesis forever as a Georgia fan. I hate Florida. <laughs> um, but not, I, I would favor Georgia in that. But, uh, man, looking at this game, I mean – Tennessee, I grew up going to Tennessee games. It's nice to see that they, you know, are back up in the rankings, but it obviously ain't going to be back up there very long after tonight. <laughs> what else can you say, right? Early in the fourth quarter, Vanderbilt at Nevada, Las Vegas. The UNLV running Rebels have a 30-17 to 17 lead over the Commodores. Fred, at what point does Vanderbilt get kicked out of the SEC? 
because they are certainly not a competitive football squad and losing by 13 to a Mountain West team on the road and a Mountain West team, I think, that won two games last year. At what point does the SEC just part ways with Vanderbilt and let those nerds go go practice school somewhere else? Boy, that's a great point. I mean, it's been forever. Vanderbilt's just been the punching bag in the SEC. You know, I had a, a buddy in high school go play at Vanderbilt, and I'm just like, cool, man, you're just going to go lose. <laughs> like, why are you guys in the SEC? I, I've wondered that too, man. I, I don't know. I, like, if they haven't reached it yet, I mean, after years of just getting destroyed, um, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what that process is like. Like, maybe they have a contract with them, with the SEC. But uh, I agree with you. I don't. I think they're a little bit out of place. In our last late game, BYU at Arkansas, the Razorbacks currently with a 10-point lead midway through the third quarter, 31-21. Looks like Arkansas is finally starting to take command after a couple BYU trick plays for a touchdown. Fred, does anybody in Georgia or South Carolina talk about Arkansas football, or does anybody give a shit about the SEC West schools <laughs> outside of Auburn, Alabama, or LSU? Man, that's a great question. I, you know – I, I can definitely answer the no. I've not heard Arkansas whispered even one time since I've been here. I would say, you know, as long as long as Georgia's there, I can I personally, as a Georgia fan, am worried about Alabama always. I'm worried about LSU always. I'm worried about even Auburn. I personally, my opinion is, yeah, I think that the West is consequential in people's minds over here in the East. Um, yeah, I, I wish uh, we'd see more. Um, just in, in SEC games throughout the season, so these puff games. We'll wrap this up tonight talking about next week. Next week, we got Arkansas traveling to Baton Rouge playing LSU. The Bayou Bengals should be about a 12-point favorite. Auburn headed to Texas A&M. Texas A&M should be a double-digit favorite. Alabama hosting Ole Miss. I got to think that Alabama is still a double-digit favorite hosting Ole Miss. Of those three games, who do you like in an upset? Mm. Who just, who's LSU playing, you said? They got Arkansas at a night game in Death Valley. That's a tough one, man. Do do any of these underdogs win on the on the road next week, or do all the home favorites cover in style? I, I would say that's probably what's going to happen. I think they're going to they're cover at home. They're going to win. And, yeah, I think it's just going to be one of those weeks, no upsets. Well, Fred, I appreciate you. That wraps up our Saturday Instant Reaction Podcast. Join us tomorrow for week four SEC openers. And, as always, stay lucky.